Haxion's past behind them, the party sets out for parts unknown on a vision quest initiated by a dragon belt. Will they find their way to their destination? What is their destination anyway? And are dragon souls really just glorified GPS? Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. Hello everyone and welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. I'm Gwyneth, your resident Asimar, Octavia, Marguerite, Sinclair. And I'm Austin, your resident dungeon master. Me, my spouse, and a die is a family-friendly Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast where we follow our hero, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair, along with her friend, Carhoon Usidius the Elf, on their adventures in Moir, a continent that has been ravaged by a war with monsters for 15 years. How about that last episode, am I right? Yeah, I was uh, I was committed to letting you die if that's what the dice said, but also I had okay. a feeling that it was going to be relatively difficult for you to die. Um, so yeah. I was trying to prepare for that eventuality, but also, you know, give you the benefit of the doubt to make well, yourself you. not die. I figured as soon as, as soon as Carhoon grappled me, just knowing... The strength difference between Octavia and Carhoon, mm-hmm. I knew that like the um the Vitclo would have had to have done or would have had to have made Octavia do something like really drastic or, or kind of out of the box to have broken that grasp just by essence of him being so strong and Octavia like you know she's not a super weakling, but I mean compared to Carhoon, she is mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I felt I felt much more comfortable at the beginning of the episode than um, in the middle of the episode previously, Um, but I still wasn't going to I wasn't going to operate under the assumption that she would not die. Yeah, so got some you know fun stuff. Yeah, man, I've yeah I think that's really the closest to a real character death that. I've really had. I mean, we've gotten close a few other times. I mean, that's true. But it was always like she at least was usually under the control of her own faculties during those times, as opposed to like having something controlling her that was distinctly wanting to have her die. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was that was really the terrifying element of it was not being able to control her really at all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know. My own fault, but hey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fun fact um, about Vitclo. Ooh, yeah. It was loosely based off of the lore of the Wendigo, if you know what a Wendigo is. I don't is. know what that is. Uh, a Wendigo is in Algonquin folklore, huh. uh, an evil spirit that takes up some sort of animalistic form and, yeah, it goes around and terrorizes things. That's <laughs> terrifying. Typically in the, according to the Wikipedia page, in the uh, Atlantic Coast and Great Lakes region of the United States and Canada, which I am well hey. familiar with as an Ohio native. Uh, the old so, yeah. superior. Yeah. Oh, that's so, cool, Bun. Yeah. I just couldn't help but think of Tennyson literally the entire time. I Yeah, I'm not <laughs> as familiar with that. I just know sometimes when I'm feeling 
dumb. Mm-hmm. I like to try to freak myself out, which is a very rare occurrence, <laughs> but sometimes I'll just go on deep dives of like scary internet things. Oh and my gosh, but follow bud. the rabbit. Oh yeah, there there have been a few times, not often, where I'll just go like, what are the creepiest things I can find to read on the internet? And there's lots of stories. Why about, like, would Wendigos you do this to yourself? Goat men or, you know, chupacabras or uh skinwalkers, things like that. What? Yeah. What is this? Please tell me what a skinwalker is. I don't really want to know, but yes, please tell me what it is. I'm going to look it up. A skinwalker? Skinwalker. Oh, okay, my Skinwalkers gosh. are similar, but more uh, from Navajo than Algonquin, like the Wendigo is. A skinwalker is a type of harmful witch who has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise himself as an animal. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, pretty creepy, creepy stuff. Mm. And like, yeah, there's some, you know, reading Isn't... stories about yeah. the goat man and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, what exactly is the goat man? Exactly what it sounds like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is rather descriptive. <laughs> yeah. Does it eat napkins? <laughs> no, probably not. It's a curse on all of the linen manufacturers. <laughs> Probably a little, a little bit more sinister than that. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of a wuss when it comes to scary things. I do not enjoy horror movies, and I do oh, not same. willingly sit through them. But every now and then, it's like, oh, what sort of creepypastas can I read tonight? And yeah. I feel like I did not know this about you. It, I haven't done it in a while, but every now and then. Okay, well. there's some. You can find some weird stuff on YouTube. Yeah, this is why I don't usually peruse YouTube for weird stuff. Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting experience, <laughs> if you ever feel like it. I don't think so. I like sleeping, and I have trouble there's, sleeping enough as it is. There's some weird, weird things out there. Did you find anything but, about the Mothman? Isn't that like a West Virginia thing? The Mothman? Um, I haven't looked into that, but I've looked into stuff like the Jersey Devil. Is it a, a terrifying uh, basketball team? No. <laughs> <laughs> The Mothman. Oh, Mothman. West Virginia folklore. The Mothman yeah. is a creature reportedly seen in the Point Pleasant area. There's a statue of the Mothman. Really? Where? Apparently. Does it actually look like a moth? Yeah, it looks like a man with moth wings and a weird moth sort of head. In, yeah, West Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Huh. But this is not a uh, cryptid We've pivoted. <laughs> this is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Well, it's just pretty But there is a lot of overlap between cryptids and mm-hmm. things in the monster manual. So It's always fun seeing, you know, behind the curtain type of thing of what what was going on in that little brain of y'all's. There are some illustrations of the Mothman that I'm looking at on Google Images right now, and some of them are legitimately kind of creepy, but a lot of them are just like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> moths are adorable because they're like fuzzy they're like bugs but they're basically creatures because they're like fuzzy looking and so i think moths are actually genuinely really cute so i'm like okay a moth person i'd be like i would be friends with that yeah it's hard to make the moth man terribly scary because it's just like oh you're a moth you know yeah, you, and you have like a big cute, old bird you have a cute little antennae that are like fuzzy but yeah, that's uh, I think that's that's a lot of talk about this monsters. Is, this has been your Midwest cryptid of the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cryptid facts with Austin. But anyway, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> you, 
Yes, sir. And your companion, Carhoon, mm-hmm. have exited the Pass of Paxion, leaving behind it some bad memories and oh. a mysterious doorway. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, yeah. That no one was able to open. Mm-hmm. But maybe it'll come back. Maybe. Maybe not. No. Maybe it'll always be a mystery. Regardless, uh, you guys stand at the precipice of this pass on mm-hmm. the eastern side of that mountain range of Absalon's tail, staring out at the plains that lay before you. According to the vision shared with you from the blue dragon Fulmis, whose soul resides in the belt you wear, mm-hmm. you should continue straight Heading due east until you butt up into a river, the Pelinel River, which you should follow north into the wastelands until you come to uh, a very specific formation of ice that you would recognize when you get there. Does the ice look like anything or is it just... Just big old okay. jagged shards of ice everywhere. You are following a scoop from the grot mm-hmm. that led you through that pass as well. They said that, you know, in order to survive the frigid Arctic temperatures up in the north, you're probably going to need some cold weather gear mm-hmm. that they don't have. And your friendly local neighborhood outdoor outfitters is not going to be easily accessible given the state of war. <laughs> so... You set out to try to find the Yapikwinen, a tribe of northerly Arctic ice dwarves who made their way north hundreds, if not thousands of years mm-hmm. ago and have resided up there, more or less uh, isolated from the rest of the continent for the duration of that time in order to try to barter with them to get some cold weather clothes and maybe some insight. So mm-hmm. you stand here. The sun is falling. Oh no, everyone's going to die. No. Uh, the sun is the sun is setting. <laughs> sun is setting and you guys are standing here. If we'd like to, we can just fast forward through camp until the morning. Unless yeah. you have any conversations you would like to have or anything you would like to do before you set out again. No, I I think Octavia would see see the falling sun, c- cry out in terror and then noticing that it's actually just the normal sunset uh, she would uh, look to Carhoon and be like, I feel like we should, um, uh, you know, we're within the trees before we get onto the plains where there's less cover, we might as well uh, camp here unless you think that we should travel through the night um i don't know what the the monster army's uh, movements have been on this side of the mountain range um so i mean we could travel through the plains during the night if you think that would be more advisable but i mean usually things are easier to go by during the day we've had a rough couple days yeah uh i'm cool resting sounds good to me <laughs> Awesome. And so, yeah, we'll do the do the traditional camp. We will light a fire, um, try to shelter it under some overhanging rocks, and then do you know just watches, um, exchange watches. Ah, uh, you do that. I have a Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Thank you. Hearty har har har. Night Hardy falls. Boys. Your watches tick on and nothing 
happens okay. throughout the night. But Good. the sun rises and morning comes and the birds are chirping in the in the treetops around you. Perfect. Uh, otherwise, if you didn't know the context of what was going on, it would seem like a pretty nice morning. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do? Well, um, do we know if we these Yapikuinen, um, we know they're in the north. Do you, do we know where approximately in the north they are, or do we know that they're, no, No. really? (laughs) Nope. Okay. (laughs) You Um, know they're up there somewhere. Okay. So, you know. The idea is that hopefully there's a tribe that's southerly enough that you can, you know, get to them without having to go into the frigidness. Yeah. Um, so Octavia will be like, well, I think we should follow Fumis's directions and head east till we hit the river and then, um, and then head north. We don't know where we would, we would find the Yabikuinen regardless. So at least we have some sense of direction, um, Mm -hmm. as it is. So might as well follow that while we can. All right. That seems agreeable. Perfect. Uh, so you guys set about and begin heading east mm-hmm. in the morning. It'll be a few days to cross to the river. Lots okay. of travel. Clippity, cloppity, clippity, cloppity. Travel montage. <laughs> Do we have a travel theme song? No. <laughs> oh, man. I was trying to think of some clever answer, but I got nothing. <laughs> No, I still got nothing. <laughs> Same. Honestly, I'm like racking yeah, my brain. Yeah, that's good. I mean, cut. like the 500 um, miles, and I'd go 500 more. I mean, that's as, about as good of a good travely song as there could be. Um, yeah, but you guys walk. What would you like to do while you travel? You've got a few days to kill through these okay. plains. You don't see any signs of too much too much out here it's relative wilderness tall grasses flowing plains but not not there's you know there's not like civilization out here currently it's just you know plains um probably during the first day octavia is going to tell carhoon about her conversation with karastis and Mm. because it had been a while you know since we had talked to him i think it was the last time we saw him was the chapel of scales and we'd kind of been operating kind of without his guidance since then and so she's going to tell carhoon about um you know the weird dream unconscious state that she was in and what she saw Um, sorry sorry about that by the way oh oh uh 100% 100% would have done the same, except I probably couldn't have because these arms are noodles and she'll just like wiggle them out to the side. Um, <laughs> to- uh, total thank you for that was actually did like no long harm to me. So, I mean, you did you did seriously so great for that position that I put us into again. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, we will close that chapter. Um, yep, we already. Yep. Yeah, we did. We did yep. that whole. Yep, okay. okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but she'll tell, um, uh, you know, tell Carhoon about everything that she and Carastus talked about. And specifically, Carastus made it very clear that we need to be careful who we trust. It was ironic that he say that because of the situation that we were in. Um, but I think he's specifically meaning Fulmis. And I, uh, I do think we we do need to keep an eye out. And we can't forget, you know 
who she is and maybe she's changed over these thousands of years but I know I need to remain more vigilant than I I would let myself be more relaxed with her but I guess I need to kind of remain on my guard especially Hmm. since she kind of you know she doesn't control me but I mean she's kind of in here and she you know gestures vaguely to her head type of thing yeah I think that would be prudent Mm -hmm. especially if you know we get more of these artifacts well I mean hopefully yeah and then I mean if their power grows with them being in proximity to each other we I will need to be even more vigilant type of thing because you know yeah yep 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 um just want to let you know that that's what 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 he said and what the scoop was well glad we are on the same page Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it would be nice if he could give us some useful information i agree it's been a lifetime of my interacting with him and somehow the agitation of his cryptic sayings never goes away that little bugger (laughs) to say the least Especially because he could. It's not like he's, you know, can only communicate in haikus or something. Like, he has the ability to form complete sentences. Well, I do not know what the rules of the higher beings are. Well, that's true. I I think so as, uh, even in that first day, Octavia's going to cast Animal Messenger. Um, Okay. And... Lake Ansel might be on the further regions that the spell would be able to send a creature to. Um, but before they really get out of range, because like once they get towards the north, like the spell will die before um, any animal would be able to fly all, the, all that way down mm-hmm. south. She wants to send a, a, a robin or anything that she can see to home to Marguerite, her mom, and her dad. And basically be like, I'm okay. I guess what? 25 words. Uh, I'm okay. I'm doing what I can. I love you very much. I hope you all are doing well. Basically. Just to let them know that she's still alive. Okay. That's 19 words. Perfect. I mean, I guess I have six left. Yeah. There's no re- there's no return. <laughs> there's no return call. So she can't really ask anything. Yeah. I was trying to think if there's something I could send them with the Robin, but... I mean, she doesn't really have any material possessions. She's going to send one of them, send a mushroom back. Just find any one that they can, that she can identify something that they would have used in the shop a lot now that they're kind of in the foothills on the east side of Absalon's tail. Um, just kind of as a little token to be like, yes, this is me. And here's, here's this shroom that no one would really know that it would have, wouldn't have any meaning to anybody else. It would just be a mushroom. But to us at the Mushroom Club, like we know what this is. Uh, you do that, and the bird grabs the mushroom and flutters off. Perfect. And you guys continue throughout the day, throughout, you know, as I said, it takes several days for you to make your way across these mm-hmm. plains and to get to this river headed north. But in general, there's not too much of interest up here, you know, so you don't run across uh, much of anything. Maybe a few herds of deer... Do we see any evidence of the monsters on this side of the mountains? Not where you are. Okay. Just, again, because there's really not that much of interest mm-hmm. up in this sort of quadrant of the of the continent. There's no cities to the north of you. And uh, if you were going, the nearest thing would be to the south. Uh, so... Okay. 
you you don't you don't see much in terms of anything. Just rolling plains, a few animals here and mm-hmm. there, some rabbits, some deer. What else lives on plains? You know, some birds and whatnot. Prairie dogs, but prairie dogs. dogs, cute little snakies. You know that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But no sign of sentient civilized okay. life. After several days of travel, you you know the sky has been nice and clear. Blue skies, fluffy white clouds, lazily making their way through the sky. But after mm-hmm. uh, several days, the weather begins to shift as you make your way further and further east. And uh, you're hit with a slow but steady rain. Not okay. enough to be, you know, a threat, but enough to just, you know, keep you damp and maybe slightly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And the grasses are are pretty tall, probably like, you know, calf height. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, grassland type type things. Yeah. By Carhoon's estimation, and I guess by your estimation, since you're familiar with this sort of side of the mm-hmm. continent as well, you're maybe about a day out from the river. Okay. So, you know, far enough that you, you'll probably get near the river by nightfall. And uh, sort of low mist is hanging in the air, obscuring your vision from too far ahead of you. Mm-hmm. But as you make your way into this mist and as it sort of crosses into the midday uh, you see a shape, maybe. It's not something that looks like it's trying to hide, but it looks like a shape maybe six or seven feet tall, but the mist and the rain are sort of obscuring it from view. It just sort of looks like a pillar or something. Okay. How far away does it seem? You know, 30-ish feet. You can't see too okay. much further than that, just with the mist clinging to the air. Okay. Um, Octavia will point it out to Carhoon and be like, do you know if this is a, like a marking of, you know, a northwest type of, uh, or like north-south type of barrier marking? It's, it's been years since I've been this far east. I can't say that I'm familiar with it. I, I, no, I, I don't know. Well, I think we should maybe, since it's kind of in the direction we're going, I feel like we should maybe check it out, but cautiously? Sure. So we will kind of cautiously approach it. Okay. You approach. As you close the distance and make your way closer to this odd shape, you begin to make out more of the details of its actual structure. Okay. And it looks to be sort of maybe humanoid, generally, uh, a figure. Um, you can start to make out the general shape. Maybe those are arms and legs and sort of a head on top. Uh, as soon as Octavia kind of realized it's like vaguely humanoid, um, mm-hmm. does Carhoon realize this too? Yeah. Um, well, I will, uh, I'll stop in my tracks and kind of like throw out my arm to kind of stop Carhoon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, can I do a perception check on it? Sure. 10 for Octavia. 10? Uh, you can't really make out anything other than what I just told you. And it's not moving? It's not moving. Okay, we will continue to approach. Okay. It continues not moving, and as you get maybe, you know, 10, 7, 5 feet away, uh, you can see that it looks like it's some sort of body, but it's, like, mounted on a stick. Oh! Okay. Oh. Um, but it looks like, in this case, it's like an orc's body. Oh. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Ugh. Can we tell how long it's been there? You can roll an investigation check as you've sort of gotten okay. up to it. Uh, Octavia rolls a 11, and Carhoon mm-hmm. will roll a... Oh, also an 11. 11? Um, you're both kind of like, yes, as you custom. start to figure out what it might be, and then you uh, start to inspect it, being like, okay, what is this? How long has it been here? Uh, you you can see that it's dressed in a set of armor, and in the chest of that armor, it is emblazoned with a symbol that you've seen before. Mm, it's mm-hmm. uh, sort of like a teardrop with wings of fire coming out from either side of it. But as you make your investigation and get a closer look, uh, you realize that it's actually not a body, but it's like a dummy, like a mannequin made out of fabric and stuffed with, like, dried grass. But the armor is definitely genuine armor, and it looks like like it's the battle. Yeah. Oh. More of a scare orc. (laughs) 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 I'm funny. Um, is there, is there anything else that we can kind of do to try to sense, like, why it was put here? Like, is it supposed to be literally like a scarecrow type of thing, but two other monsters? You get that sort of idea, and as you're standing here looking at it, you begin to see sort of off in the distance a few other shapes behind it. Like, popping up out of the distance, or... No, just like... Similar. Now that you're taking the time, you notice that there are others of these similar shapes, sort of spread out behind it. Okay. Um, can I do a perception check to see if this was like the site of some battle or something, or is that apparent I mean, that, at all? It's not necessarily apparent, and you can't see too much. Okay. And so we still need to go east a bit, right? Yes. Okay. Um, well, I mean, uh, Octavia's going to turn to Carhoon and be like, well, it seems maybe they fared a little better on this side of the mountains than on the west, but I think we should keep on going east, um, but maybe proceed cautiously, because if, if they're fair, if the humanoids are faring a bit better on this side, I would hate for them to mistake us for an enemy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely a concern. But I think we're relatively obviously not orcs or goblins or, you know, mm-hmm. so... I'm both too tall and too short to be either of those. Ah, this is true. <laughs> so we'll probably be okay. All right. If you want to continue. Well, I mean, I don't... I don't... I really don't see what else... What other course of action there is. So, I well, mean... yeah. Oh, okay. Enemy I mean, it'd be f- all that. fun to be just, like, on vacation, but... I don't think that's an option right now. Yeah, well. I haven't accrued enough leave yet. What do you do? Continue? Well, I think we can. Uh, I think we continue east. Are there any more of these kind of scarecrows as we continue east? Are they more south or north? Or you continue, and you can see some in your periphery spreading out to the north and south, and you can see a few more to the east as you continue forward and as you pass them you can see that some are made up to look like orcs some are a bit smaller wearing like goblin armor Mm -hmm. there's a variety of of different things all arrayed in sort of it's kind of like a barrier because you go through for 
a while and you see a, a heavy concentration of them, but after hmm. a little bit, they fade away and you don't you don't continue to see them anymore. Could I have done like an arcana check on them to see if they're magical in any way? Or uh, maybe, but you already passed. Okay, that's true. <laughs> well, interesting. Okay, but you continue east, mm-hmm. uh, make your way through this weird sort of barrier of scare orcs and scare yeah. goblins and things so of that interesting. nature. And you press on for maybe another hour or two as the the day begins to fade, although mm-hmm. it's difficult to tell in this rainy, sort of dreary, gray-clouded, misty environment that you're in. But after a little while, you begin to uh, hear, because there's nothing to block the sound, the sound of rushing water mm-hmm. ahead of you. And it seems like you are approaching the river Pelinel River. Perfect. Which is the next landmark that you would need to hit. And uh, you and Carhoon's ears both perk up as you hear this and know that you are approaching your current goal. Mm-hmm. Well, we we continue towards it. Again, kind of just being cautious, just because you know we've been, we were ambushed by the Viklo and. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are now more signs that there is monster activity on this side of the mountains. Um, mm-hmm. Again, just kind of going cautiously um, and not trying to be too loud type of thing. Well, you're not too far out from from sunset, from okay. nightfall, and you make your way slowly, cautiously to the east towards this sound of water. And you begin to see the shape of a structure emerging from the mists Ooh. in front of you. It looks like a, a little riverside shack. Okay. Uh, one story, you know, not super huge, probably enough for like uh, a small cooking area. Mm-hmm. Then uh, one size fits all multi-use bedroom <laughs> yeah. living area just built up on the side of this river. Does this mist and kind of this fog seem natural? That we've been traveling through? Yeah, it's just okay. a product of, you know, all the, the rain and the plain area and okay. the sort of low-lying region that you're in. Want to make sure it wasn't some, like, wizard mist or, would it, you know, something like that type of thing. It doesn't feel unnatural okay. to you. Cool. Do we see any... Are there windows to this sh- structure? Roll a perception check as it comes into view. Okay. Octavia rolls a... Oh, great. An eight, and Carhoon rolls a three. Three. Now, it's, right now, it's just sort of a amorphous, blocky shape okay. uh, that you can't make out the details of. You would have to get a bit closer. But there aren't any, like, lights shining through a window that you we can see. You don't see any okay. lights, correct. It's not necessarily dark enough, late enough to oh, need okay. mm-hmm. lights, maybe, but... Maybe it's because of that. Maybe it's because it's unoccupied. You're not sure. Okay. Um, uh, Octavia will kind of point out the structure to Carhoon and be like, uh, if there's an occupant, maybe they could be helpful. Um, and if there isn't, that would be a good uh, place to rest for the night. Because, I mean, whew, I would love four walls and a roof. It's been, I don't even know how long. Yeah, it's been, well, I mean, it's been since Montagnon. Okay, yes, I guess I could count that long, but it was a yeah, figure I mean, of speech. We, yeah. uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so we will continue um, again walking cautiously towards uh, towards the structure. You 
step forward, step forward, eke your way closer slowly, slowly, and as you, with each step, you get a little bit more detail out of it, you begin to make out there's a small porch facing you. Okay. Just a little, you know, slab of wood with a little overhang mm-hmm. on top of it. There's a small set of stairs that lead up to the porch, and next to one is another one of these scare orc figures that's just like huh. right next to right next to the, the entryway that leads up. There's two windows that you can see on either side of a rickety-looking wooden door. You don't see any light coming from within it, but it does look like a little shelter. Okay. Is there a chimney? Mm, yes. Is there smoke coming out of the chimney? No. Okay. Can I do a perception check for movement behind the windows? Sure. Okay. Uh, Octavio rolls a... Oh, my goodness. Um, a grand old 10. And Carhoon rolls a... Ooh, an 11. You both look and try to peer through the windows, try to hear anything... Uh, you can't see anything through the windows, and over the sound of the river behind it, it you can't make out if there's any sounds of movement or, or whatnot. Okay. We are going to cautiously approach the front door, or, or the porch door. The porch door. Okay. Does this seem like the front door, or does this seem like a back door? It seems like a front door. Okay. So you go up to the, the front door? Um, we're going to get within, like, five feet of the steps going up to the porch, and then I okay. want to do an, um, I-, I don't know if, like, an arcana check on the scare orc just to see if it actually has something, you know, magical to it besides just being a- an intimidating type of looking f- object. Sure. Um, so Octavia rolls a, ooh, an 18 for her arcana. And, you look it over, uh-huh. and you're pretty confident that there's no sort of, like, magical markings. It's just a dummy dressed okay. up in armor. Well, I think we're going to... Co- a very convincing dummy. Yeah. I think we're going to go up the stairs, then. So you head up the stairs. They creak under you as you make your way up onto the front porch to the front of the door. Uh, we put our ears up against the door and see if we hear anything inside. Well, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, so you, uh-oh. you take a step up onto the porch, and I need who's going first. Oh Let's no! I mean, probably Octavia. I feel like she usually goes first. Okay. Well, I, both of you make a dexterity save. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Uh, Octavia rolls a six. And Carhoon rolls a... Oh, my goodness. Eight. Oh, great. Uh, You cautiously make your way up the stairs. And onto the porch, Carhoon behind you. And as you put your ear up against the door, uh, you place your foot down, and part of the porch just depresses a little bit. Oh, no. From either side of you, both left and right, part panels on the porch just sort of retract into it and slide to the side and then a large net just shoots out of either side on top of the two of you and you are uh, entangled in this thick heavy uh, rope net and you Uh both just sort of flop to the side and are writhing around relatively restrained in 
these nets. So is it one net for the both of us or one each? Yeah, it's more or less one net. Okay. Just think of the giant like Ewok net from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yep. And it's just like, yep. got you both <laughs> writhing around. As you fall down to the porch and, and are, you know, probably a bit confused yeah. as to what just happened, uh, you hear some motion coming from behind. Oh, well, BT Dubs, Carcoon does have advantage on deck saves versus traps. Oh, well, I guess you can roll another one for him. Oh, no, I rolled another four, so never mind. Okay. Well, he is still trapped, so both of you get wrapped up in these yep. nets, fall to the porch, and are wriggling around, caught like fish. In a flop, net? Flop, flopping on the porch. From behind you, you hear something move, and so if you sort of, like, wriggle your Mm -hmm. way around to be facing outward, you see from the planes behind you, you know, maybe maybe just, like, 15 feet away from the porch, not not that far away, a shape begins to rise out of the ground. Okay. Like, almost right next to where you guys walked up to get here. And it's you have a hard time telling exactly what it is. Okay. As this thing just, like, rises up, you see it looks kind of scraggly, almost, like, furry, but maybe it's some sort of, like, plant thing, because it looks like it has bits of grass what? and weeds and stuff all over it. Is and it then a it ghillie stands suit? To <laughs> about uh, four feet height. Oh, sure. And it begins clomping its way toward you. Oh my gosh. And as it gets within about, you know, seven oh. feet away and starts making its way up the stairs, you can in fact see that there is about a dwarf type <laughs> humanoid wearing a set of leathers that are just sewn in with bits of fabric and string nice. and weaved with grasses to make a fantasy Achilles yes. suit. Do I get advantage for that? <laughs> sure, you can, have, you can have an inspiration for yes! calling my ghillie suit. Uh, <laughs> it's walking up towards you. Okay. It's got like a balaclava almost on mm-hmm, its face. Mm-hmm, you can't mm-hmm. see it. And it's wearing big old goggles over its oh eyes. Oh my gosh. And it's holding uh, like a yeah. wand pointed at the two oh, of you. Oh, okay, okay. Walks up the porch and as you're wriggling, it extends a foot and just sort of places it on Carhoon's chest and points the wand oh down at the two of you. Oh my gosh. And it says, state your business. Uh, we are uh, 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 travelers coming from Lake Ansel. We just came over the mountains. Um, we are friends of, uh, of you and of anyone who's not a monster and uh, uh, my name is Octavia. This uh, this gentleman's name is Carhoon. I'm from Lake Ansel. He's from Elystria. Um, we saw we were wanting to take some shelter from the mist and the fog of the evening, and we saw the structure, and and uh, we couldn't tell if anyone lived here, so we were gonna see if we heard sounds inside, and then we were gonna knock. We weren't just gonna barge in. Um, uh, so yeah, so that's our names. Where are you traveling to? Um, we're going north. You can't tell, but its eyes are narrowing behind the mask <laughs> as your answers seem evasive. The wand fizzles with some crackles oh, no. and sparks, oh, no. and he says, It would do well for you to answer my questions. What is your business? Where are you traveling to? The only reason you are still alive 
is because you do not look like an orc. Well, neither of us are orcs. Um, I'm a human, uh, kind of, and this there gentleman... There are very few travelers these days. Who? Uh, what we are... are you looking for north, and why have you come here? We are looking for something that we're not actually 100% sure of what it is up north. Um, it is an object um, that... I was kind of communicated to in a dream to go find. I I have a, a weird connection to some beings from the beyond, and so that's why we came east and we were going to head up north. Um, we are not friends of the monster hordes that are plaguing our land, um, and we're hoping to maybe do something that can help Moir. Stop struggling. Drop your weapons. Maybe we can talk. Uh, Octavia will let you know her. I mean, she probably lost a hold of her staff in the in the net, and then um, Carhoon will also let his axe go, which is also just kind of going to float next to him in the net. Okay. The dwarf keeps the wand pointed at you at all times, and sort of okay. walks around to you, kicks the staff far away from you, kicks the axe far away from you, and still keeping it pointed, sort of leans down and gives you a quick pat down. I don't know if either of you have any, like, daggers or swords or any uh, other weapons, but if you do, and no, they're not, uh, like, hidden... Uh, I just have my staff. Uh, Carhoon also has a long bow and a hand axe. Yeah, uh, But he, uh, they're not hidden or anything. Yeah, he, he takes those and he throws them over in the pile with your other weapons. After he relieves you of your weapons, he stands back and grabs the the net and begins unraveling it until you are both uncovered, still on the ground, and he still has the wand pointed at you, and then he walks over to the pile of weapons, and, you know, he motions for you to to stand up. Okay, we both stand up, like, you know, hands in the air type of thing, (laughs) like, we're not meaning to hurt you. you. He waves his wand, and it becomes apparent that he's casting some sort of spell. But you don't feel anything okay. happen to you, and he just sort of casts it and then looks you up and down. I wave. Hey. He <sighs> grabs the uh, and then he, he keeping the wand pointed at you does okay. sort of a three sixty, uh, turns his eyes and just does a scan of the surroundings. Okay. And then turns back to you, grabs the goggles, lifts them off his face, and you can see two like, you know, the the skin is covered with. You know, mm-hmm. like grease paint. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And he narrows his eyes, walks up to you, points at your belt, and says, What is that? <laughs> oh, dear. It is something that is very powerful. Um, Obviously. Yes. Um, it is something with which we're hoping to combat the forces of the monster horde. Step inside. Can I get my staff? It was from my grandmother. You can have it back later. Okay. But it'll be okay out here? If you're deemed trustworthy. Oh, I'm taking them with me. Oh, okay. He motions for you two to walk inside. We walk inside. Uh, You go inside. It's a musty, dank little room. Okay. After the two of you get in, he follows you, carrying an armful of weapons, and Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. walks over and sets them on a table in, in a corner. And then moves over 
flicks his wand and a uh, a lamp alights sort of in the center mm, of the room, mm-hmm. giving a little bit of illumination. I have seen many powerful things in my time, but few compared to what you wear right now. I, I would believe that. You say you hope to combat the forces attacking this land now. That's right. Give me a reason to believe you. Well, we know for a fact that Crag, who was the one who brought together this tribe of dragon blood, right? It's what they call themselves, this this horde of, of beings and of beasts that are now accosting us in our own lands. We know for a fact that he is looking for objects of power. Our goal is to get those objects of power before he can. And that is why we are traveling east and then north. So far we are one to one. So what is it you hope to find in the north? I I genuinely, we genuinely don't know. We just know that there is one of these objects up there. Uh, we don't know what form it takes or, or, or what type of power it holds. Um, we just are trying to get there before he can. Who do you serve? Al Absalon. He raises an eyebrow. And she's going to look him dead in the eyes with her with her weird blue eyeballs that don't have irises. Uh, or the, like, or pu- uh, they don't have pupils, um, you know, and her funky hair that's always constantly moving. Not to unnerve him or anything, but to be like, like, yeah, I'm in service of the gods right now. I'm on a mission from God. I am no friend of these dragon bloods. Or this crag. Apparently, if you can be trusted, neither are you. That is the truth. Why north? There is nothing up there but snow and death. Well, from all we know, that object that crag is looking for is in the north. So, I mean, that's why we go north. So you hope to find another one of those, yes? And he points at the belt. Yes. Can I do an uh, uh, insight check into this dwarf just to kind of see if he seems like he's lying or anything when he said that he was no friend of the Dragonbloods? Sure. 23. 23. Uh, he's been, his eyes have been darting back and forth the entire time you've been here. Mm-hmm. But based on the fact that he's out here seemingly the purveyor of those fine faux dead monsters. Mm -hmm. You would guess he's probably telling the truth about that. Okay. But you find yourself sort of in this stalemate where he, he, it seems like he more or less believes you. Okay. But at this point he's also not sure how far he can trust you. Right. And he's not you know, it's one of those like, okay, so Yeah. Hmm where do we go from here sort of situations. Okay. Well, Octavia will be like, we mean you no harm. Uh, We simply saw a place to uh, a shelter for the night, but we will not uh, trespass on your kindness any longer. And uh, we will not trouble you. And if you would like, we will simply just leave and it will have been good to have met you. Um, But we will uh, take our leave if that is something that is all right with you. 
or something that you want. Fine. If you seek to fight the dragon bloods, then I shall not stand in your way. But I suggest you move on quickly and do not return here. Thank you. Uh, can can we just ask how the east eastern side of the mountains are faring? We've heard nothing from any of the cities on this side. All I know is that the armies marched east out of Grundukov mm-hmm. about a week ago. Okay. How the cities fare from there, I cannot say. Okay. Thank you for the intel. And what news from the west? The m- armies have marched similarly to the west out of Grundikov about, and she'll look to Karkun like, about a week ago? Ish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they marched north to Montagnon and are currently laying the city under siege. And from our understanding, they were continuing to march west towards Stagpine, and they were going to march south to Lake Ansel. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't know how either of those cities are doing. I will lead you to the edge of my territory. Thank you. I'm Octavia, by the way, and she'll put her hand out. And all of this, it was good to meet you. It was good to meet you, too. But he's not gonna shake your hand. Okay. And you don't see, think it's out of like a rudeness, but yeah, it's just like mm. no, that's fine. She's okay with that. He goes over back to the table. Still, he doesn't really take his eyes off the two of you. Mm-hmm. Grabs up all of your weapons and heads over to the door. And then he says, "Follow me." We nod. Just kind of silently, yeah. And he walks out the door and begins leading up north. You can feel the river moving around along your east on your, okay. your right flank. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He takes you up after a few minutes. He says, he turns to you, stops abruptly, turns around, says, close your eyes. Oh, uh, Octavia closes her eyes. Uh, so does Car- <laughs> Uh, you hear some shuffles and a few like mechanical clicks and clacks, and then oh, uh-huh. he says, "All right," and just continues walking. Okay, so we can open our eyes. Yep, and he's just continuing to trot along. Okay, we continue to follow him. And this happens a couple times. Every every few minutes, he stops, has you, you know, shut your eyes. And when he's sure that you does, you, you've stopped watching, he, you know, it sounds like he's fiddling with something. Uh, and then after a few moments, he says, oh, all right. And then continues on her way. Can I do like a perception check to listen to try to decipher like what he's doing or anything? Sure. Oh, well, that was a one for Octavia. So she's like, mm, yeah, it's a magic. Sure. You're not Some sure. Some sort of sorcery. <laughs> but after a few of those, he stops again, turns around, and then lays the weapons down at the feet, at, okay. at his feet. He picks up his wand with his other hand and then he says wait three minutes and then you may grab your weapons and leave i will know if you do not 
and then he just starts backing away into the mist with his wand still pointed okay. at you. Um, Octavia will call after him. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to refer to you as Dandelion, if that's okay, because that'll be helpful to at least put a name to a face. Thank you. <laughs> there is no response as his dwarfish figure just sort of moves backward and you can see it sort of hunching down and getting lower and lower as it disappears okay. into the mist. amazing. Dandelion is my new favorite character. <laughs> well, uh, we'll wait three minutes. Carhoon's like, after two minutes, he's like, is this really necessary? This is yeah. ridiculous. Three minutes is not this very is ridiculous. long. In the grand scheme of things. Ugh. He sighs and rolls his eyes. Hey, at least, you know, maybe it wasn't necessarily an ally, per se, but at least they weren't hostile, which is more than we can say for most of the individuals that we've come across. Getting tossed around by someone I could pick up and throw farther than... Ridiculous. Well, as the as Dandelion seemed like some sort of caster, I did not necessarily want to go, you know, magic a magic against them. <sighs> He waits out the next 45 seconds in <laughs> sullen silence. It's okay. It's going to be okay. At least we still have our stuff. They did. He didn't confiscate anything, so that's pretty good. Ugh. After three minutes pass, mm-hmm. Carton's like, uh, are we okay now? Can we go take our weapons back? I think we are okay. Careful. They <sighs> might be warm. He sighs, walks forward, and grabs all of his stuff and starts shoving it back in his belt. I grab Mumbling my staff like again. Ridiculous, stupid dwarf. <laughs> Under his breath. <laughs> All right, well, I pick up my staff. What time of day is it now? It's night-ish. Okay. It's getting light. Sun is setting. Okay. Are there any copses of trees next to this river um, that we not can see? really. Is it still really misty? It's still pretty misty. Okay. We're going to, again, try to f- search out uh, any sort of indent or, or anything in these tall grasses that we can kind of make any sort of shelter in. Okay. You can roll a survival check. Okay. Octavia rolls a five and Carhoon rolls a ten. You don't necessarily... You don't really find too much of anything. It looks like mm-hmm. you're just gonna have to tramp down some grass and Okay. Make a little uh, deer bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. As we are, you know, tromping some of the grasses down and trying to get kind of as low to the ground as possible, uh, Octavia's gonna ask her who Is there anyone Is there anyone in Illustria that you wanna let know that you're okay? I know that we're we're closer there now, so if there's someone that you can kind of describe to me, maybe I can send them a message. I have not been to Illustria in a long, uh, long time. No, no, not, not tonight. Well, let me know, because the further we go north, the more difficult it'll be for, you know, one of these wee birdies to make it all the way there. I will keep that in mind. Do you have family back in Illustria? I had a mother and a father. It's an only child, but as many elves are. 
Do you know, are they still around? I haven't been back to Elystria in, as I've said, a long, long time. Well, you got me now, that sister you never had. Don't you love me? Yeah. (laughs) And she, like, you know, fake punches him on the cheek type of thing. (laughs) (laughs) She's also going to send an animal messenger back to Dandelion and is going to have it go down the chimney in case the um, front door is closed, and she's going to have it say in her own voice, Thank you, Dandelion, for your assistance. We will never forget you, and just so you know, your name will, in our minds, always be Dandelion. We thank you for your assistance. (laughs) All right, the bird flutters off into the night. She's like, I think it'll irritate him just a little bit, and that makes her a little bit happy. <laughs> uh, so you guys bed down in the grass, and... We do. The night passes with the sound of frogs croaking and fish flopping around in the mm-hmm. water in the river next to you. But otherwise, uneventful. Okay. And the next morning rises... And I think we're also going to pick up there next time. Ah, sounds good. Thank you all so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or your preferred podcasting app. Another great way for us to grow and reach more people like you is for you to share us with your friends. So please tell your colleagues about us, your RPG group about us, or anyone who you think might be interested in our story and our game. We always love it when people reach out to us and everyone who has uh, tweeted to us on Twitter or sent us emails, uh, hearing your words really means so much to us and really gives us the energy and the endurance to keep on keeping on. If you want to get in touch with us, we are active on social media, on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at and a die podcast. We always try to respond to each message that we get. Catch you all next week. <laughs>